Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we're going to be taking a special spotlight on jazz from the 1980s. That's right. We've done a couple of these spotlights on jazz from the 1970s, and it's uh, got a little bit of a following. And um, and we're not stopping that. We'll still have a couple of uh, those creep up from time to time. But I thought, hey, here is a great opportunity to open up another you know, avenue of the Dr. Jazz podcast because there are some funky, funky beats in some of those 1980s jazz. And yes, there is some cheese, but who doesn't love a little bit of cheese whiz now and then? So go ahead, put on your nostalgic glasses and in your mind, go back to a time where good old Ronnie Reagan was president and... You know, we didn't know if we were going to get blown off of the earth or not by Russia or the USSR. You know, everything was uh, good guys versus bad guys, like the hockey teams, the karate kid, you know, red leather jackets, DeLoreans, going back in time, <laughs> all sorts of stuff, karate, you know, in movies, Dolph Lundgren, Chuck Norris. Miami Vice, you know, all these things like that. What is it? Uh, you know, blazers with the sleeves pushed up. Crazy times, crazy times. So let us go back in our in our memories to the 1980s and reflect on some of the really hip jazz songs from back then. Enjoy.
Right, so three awesome tunes right there, and that last one that we just heard, the burning tune, was none other than the great Chick Corea on keyboards with his electric band with a K, uh, and it comes from the self-titled album, the very first album of the Chick Corea electric band, the Chick Corea electric band on the GRP label. Uh, from 1986 and of course that featured as I said before Chick Corea on keyboards Dave Weckl on the drums the great John Patitucci on the bass Frank Gambale on electric guitar and the great Eric Marienthal on saxophone and um, they still occasionally get together uh, He is, Chick has had a lot of different groups you know, throughout the years, uh, different piano trios, different um, bands and things like that. But this is one of his uh, most notable uh, from the 80s on. And like I said, it's 1986 and it was the tune Got a Match. And that has become a more modern standard from a lot of jazz cats, especially at like, you know, uh, cats at the university level who were like, you know, just they got chops on top of chops. So. Um, yeah, and they like to burn that tune even faster. So, and Gotta Match is one of those just great tunes that you're like, damn, man, that's just killing, right? So, uh, there you go. The great Chick Corea and his electric band, Gotta Match. Before that, we heard the, you, you can't, you can't confuse it with anything else. It's just, it's, it's incomparable. It's Ornette Coleman and Primetime. And it was their 1982 album of Human Feelings. We heard Sleep Talk. And an interesting note about Sleep Talk is uh, it's the first track on the album. Like I said, the album came out. It was released in 1982, but it was actually recorded in 1979. And it features Donato Coleman, Ornette's son, on drums. Uh, of course, Ornette Coleman on the alto saxophone, Charlie Ellerby on the guitar, Bern Nix on guitar, Jamaladeen Takuma on bass, and Calvin Weston on drums. Uh, yeah, it's just funky. I mean, killer bass lines. Of course, that's the great Jamaladeen Takuma. But it's really like that complete funk meets harmonic thing that Ornette had going on at that period of time. Uh, there was a lot of issues with like the record company and royalties and all this other stuff, and that's why there was such a delay in releasing this. Um, following a, the, a change in management, Ornette signed with Island Records. And um, this was released, uh, this album of Human Feelings was released on its subsidiary label, Antilles Records. 
So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, red tape, so to speak. But the cool thing is that Gary Giddens, who is one of my all-time favorite uh, jazz writers, said that the track that we heard right there in the middle, Sleep Talk, was right up there um, with one of his best uh, tunes ever, you know, in, in, in Ornette's entire career. So I'm going to read you this little thing I, I found right here. Uh, it says, Of Human Feelings received considerable acclaim from contemporary critics. Reviewing the album for Esquire magazine in 1982, Gary Giddens hailed it as another landmark recording from Ornette Coleman and his most accomplished work of harmonics, partly because of compositions which he found clearly expressed and occasionally timeless. In his opinion, Gary Giddens, the discordant keys radically transmute conventional polyphony and may be the most challenging part for listeners who said, who he said should concentrate on Ornette Coleman's playing and let the maelstrom resolve itself around his center. Giddens also highlighted the melody of Sleep Talk, the track that we heard in the middle there, deeming it among the best of the saxophonist's career. So, yeah, that's pretty bold. And it was jazz that happened in the 1980s. So there you have it. Ba-bam. Before that, we heard Are You Ready? The Future by none other than the great Stanley Clark from his album Time Exposure from 1984. And a lot of those... Uh, classic 80s synthesizer sounds and rhythms and beats. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? It's jazz from the 1980s. That's our spotlight here on this episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. We thank you for listening, as always, and we want to take this moment to remind you that you can subscribe to the Dr. Jazz Podcast or listen wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. We are wherever you find your podcasts. And if you'd like to check out our newly revamped, very hyperly spiffy website, we have made it easier to navigate for you. All you have to do is go to Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, dot WordPress, dot com. And there you can check out information on every episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. So, you want album art to know what you should be looking for in your either your local record store or what to order online so you can enjoy the same music in your own time not a problem we've got all that info right there on the website so that's dr jazz podcast drjaz podcast.wordpress.com and if you'd like to follow us on twitter simply follow us at n d h jazz we'd love to have you as a follower and that way you'll know every time a new episode of the podcast drops now with all that being said let's get to another set of great groovy 1980s music
Oh, yeah. Killer. Killer. Mediterranean Sundance and Rio Ancho together in a medley from the unbelievable guitar trio of Paco de Lucia, John McLaughlin, and Al DiMiola from their 1981 album, Friday Night in San Francisco. Not a bad track on the entire album. If you haven't heard that album, do yourself a favor. Get your butt out. Check out that album. ASAP. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to that album. You will thank me. Trust me. Before that, we heard the great John Schofield from his, I believe, let me double check on this. I think it's 1986, but it could be even sooner. I don't believe it or not. Most of the time, I just happen to know the year that a lot of these albums come out. So, yep, I was right. 1980, June 1986, produced by Steve Swallow. There you go. We heard the track Gill B643, which um, is, I'm not exactly sure if that's an homage to Gil Evans, but it's got that creepy kind of quality, like creeping, not creepy, uh, to it. And I don't know. It's John Schofield. Who doesn't love John Schofield, right? In any one of his uh, eras of music. I mean, just a killer player, man. Um, yeah, and then we started off the set with the great Pat Metheny. Speaking of cats who, you, I mean, you've got to give props to, right? You know, Pat Metheny's just got a new album out called From This Place. If you hadn't heard that album either, you should definitely check out that because... There is a melodic quality. I know if you've recently checked out some of the orchestrian stuff and the, you know, uh, the Ken album and the Unity Band, and that in your bag. If that's not your bag, which there's some good moments, you know, but if that's not your bag and you're kind of waiting for Pat to return to that sort of Pat Metheny group kind of sound and those kind of compositions with the melodies, really highly melodic, <clears throat> I think you would definitely. Be happy with Pat's new album from this place if you check it out. So um, definitely put that on your on your wish lists because once you check it out, you're going to want it. Uh, but speaking of the great Pat Metheny, that's what we opened up the set with was Are You Going With Me? From his 1982 album Off Ramp on ECM Records featuring the Pat Metheny group. And, oh my God, just one of his best songs that he's ever written, in my opinion. I mean, it's right up there with Phase Dance and Chaco and San Lorenzo and Farmer's Trust and Song for Bill Bailo And, I mean, just, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. I, I really do love Pat Metheny's compositions, you know, uh, especially from that era. You know, River Quiet, that's another really good one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hermitage from the uh, New Chitaka album. So, there's your little... Uh, blurb about Pat Metheny, you know, gotta love Pat. Uh, he's an NEA jazz master now. So there you go. Y you have to love Pat. You know what I mean? He, he, they don't give those NEA jazz masters, you know, awards out to just anybody. So there you go. Um, yeah. Once again, it's off the Pat Metheny album off ramp from 1982, which features the, um, 
the late great Lyle Mays on keyboards as well. So, um, yeah, check that out if you album if you haven't yet. There's a great song also called James on there, dedicated to uh, the style of James Taylor. So there you have it. Uh, three more great uh, songs from jazz from the 1980s, and they're all guitarists. If you haven't caught on to that, so that set was strictly uh, to let you know that. Everything in the 80s weren't just synthesizers. There was some great guitar music going on as well from Pat Metheny, John Schofield, Al Miola, John McLaughlin, and the great Paco de Lucia. So there you go. And that's what we're spotlighting. This episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast is jazz from the 1980s. So hopefully you're digging it. Hopefully you're enjoying this. Please remember, pass this along to your friends and don't forget to write us. If you like something, We'd love to hear from you. If you got ideas for shows, we'd love to hear that too. If you hate something, it's okay. We got big boy pants. You can tell us you hate it. It's okay. There's tons of different stuff to listen to on the Dr. Jazz podcast. So if this isn't your flavor, that's all right. Wait for the next one. It might be because we cover everything, right? From Louis Armstrong to Albert Eiler, from Joe Zavinul to John Zorn. That's what we do because we love it all. And we're here to help get your mind off of all the crazy things going on in the world. So this is a well-needed distraction. So let's enjoy another set of jazz from the 1980s. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Q. Q. Damn. I know Corita. 1981 from Quincy Jones's album The Dude. Featured Dune. <clears throat> I mean, my God, if you can't get your ass up and move into that song, check your pulse, right? Because it don't matter what decade that's from. That's some grooving shit. So I know that there is a lot of this kind of stuff you can find on one of our very good friends, Jazz FM, uh, with our good friend, Sister DJ Ann Frankenstein. She's always killing on some spinning moves. And, uh, yeah, we like her taste. We like Jazz FM. And nothing but love. No competition. It's all about the music. And as long as it gets your booty moving, that's all that matters. So there you go. All right. Now, before Q, who is Quantum, and if you like that, you should check out a whole episode of the Dr. Jazz podcast that we dedicated to the great Quincy Jones. Before that, we heard Grover Washington Jr. from his album Wine Light from, I believe it's 1982. Let me double check. Because, as I said before, <laughs> most of the time, I just have this kind of on lock. So, <laughs> I'm not here, you know. Um, oh, I was wrong on that one. It's 1980. But, aha, that's why. That's why I was thinking 1982. It received a Grammy Award for Best Jazz Fusion Performance in 1982. This is the same album that featured the hit song Just the Two of Us with Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. But we heard Let It Flow, which is dedicated to Dr. J, Julius Irving, the NBA star basketball player. You know what I mean? I guess that would be the equivalent of um, <laughs> somebody going like, let it flow for LeBron, you know, <laughs> nowadays, right? But I don't know. <laughs> Let it flow for Kobe, you know. Uh, no, I mean, that's the thing. Dr. J is just one of those stellar players that is, will forever be remembered in the NBA, just like Kobe Bryant, you know, in all seriousness. Uh, but Grover, man, such a smooth sound, you know, and that was something that was really starting to come into the fold in the 1980s. It's kind of started with the 70s with cats like Chuck Mangione, you know what I mean, making crossover hits not only into the R&B and pop charts, but also in the jazz charts. And Q, Quincy Jones, definitely kind of had one foot in each of those, as did Grover Washington Jr. in the 80s. But one of the most successful stories, as far as that goes, went with who we opened the set with, and that's none other than, none other than the great guitarist and vocalist, George Benson. We heard Turn Your Love Around from 1981, and it actually was a song that was written for, specifically for, his George Benson collection, which is like a uh, uh, greatest hits, even in 1981. So uh, it's it, an interesting story behind this. There was actually a song written by 
various Grammy winners, Bill Champlin of Chicago, Steve Lukather of Toto, and producer-guitarist Jay Graydon. So all three of them got together, and uh, they were asked to kind of write some songs to help fill out George Benson's 1981 Greatest Hits album, The George Benson Collection. It turns out that it was so good that the song won a Best R&B Song Grammy at the 25th Grammy Awards in 1983 for Champlin, Graydon, and Lukather. What do you know? Now, the interesting part of this is that the inspiration for the song came to Jay Graydon in the bathroom. He explained that Turn Your Love Around was a gift, and it's the gift that keeps giving. I was in the bathroom when I came up with a melody, and I was sitting down, if you get my drift. Well, I got off the can as fast as I could and got to a cassette machine so I wouldn't forget it. George Benson was coming in town Tuesday, so I had four days to come up with a song for the George Benson collection. And I was getting nothing. And then, bang, I just came up with this melody for the chorus when I was in the bathroom. The song was one of the first pop hits to use a Lin LM1 drum machine, programmed by the session drummer Jeff Percaro. That's right. Same Jeff Percaro from Toto. So on top of that, of all those things, you had Chuck Finley, the great Chuck Finley on trumpet, in the trumpet section with Jerry Hay, who did all the horn arrangements. This was not like a MIDI horn thing. This is a real brass section. So you got George Benson's talent singing and playing. You've got three Grammy winners playing or or writing this song. You've got Jeff Percaro, you know, programming the drum machine, and you've got real horns in the horn section. Of course it's going to do well. There's no way it couldn't do well. And that's the thing. You actually get to enjoy it as another song that was great jazz from the 1980s. Yeah, three smooth, awesome tunes from George Benson, Grover Washington Jr., and the great Quincy Jones. So hopefully you dug that. Um, Yeah, remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. So make sure you subscribe, follow us, like us, do all that good stuff. Uh, I'm never one to really like harp on the thing. Like, go ahead and smash that like right there. I'm not that personality. If you've listened to the podcast, you know me well enough to know that's not my bag. I'm not in it for clicks. I'm not in it for likes. I'm in it just to help cure you uh, from your everyday doldrums and get your mind off a bunch of things while listening to some booty grooving music. So there you go. All right. Uh, remember, you can also check out the website if you like a track and you want to find out what song that was or what artwork so you know what to get. And that address is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. So check that website out. And if you want to subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter. That way you will know when each new episode of the podcast drops. In order to do that, all you got to do is look up at NDH Jazz. And that's how you can find us on Twitter. All right. Enough 
of the soapbox. Let's get back to some great music, jazz from the 1980s.
nuclear war. Nuclear war. They're talking about nuclear war. Nuclear war. The nuclear war. They're talking about nuclear war. It's a motherfucker. Don't you know? Talking about nuclear war. Yeah. Talking about nuclear war. Yeah. It's a motherfucker, don't you know? It's a motherfucker, don't you know? If they push that button, your ass got to go. It's a motherfucker, don't you know? If they push that button, your ass got to go. They're talking about. They're talking about yeah. nuclear war. Yeah. If they push that button, your ass got to go. They're talking about this nuclear war. They're talking about nuclear war. If they push that button, your ass got to go. If they push that button, your ass got to go. I'm gonna blast you, blast you, so high in the sky. So high in the sky. I'm gonna blast you, gonna blast you, so high in the sky. So high in the sky. You can kiss your ass goodbye. You can kiss your ass goodbye. You can kiss your ass goodbye. If they push that button. If they push that button. If they push that button. Gonna blast your ass.
You so high. It's gonna blast you so high. Up in the sky. Right in the sky. You can kiss your ass. You can kiss your ass. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. Farewell. Goodbye, ass. Goodbye, ass. It's a motherfucker. Don't you know? Don't you know? It's a motherfucker.
the great Wayne Shorter killing it on the soprano saxophone with his composition Endangered Species from his 1985 album Atlantis. Mm. I mean, that is a that's just a killer tune. And it's another great example that just because it was the 1980s didn't mean that jazz was dead. Some people thought that jazz in the 1970s died. I've proven time and time again from different episodes of jazz in the 1970s. That's not true. A lot of people thought that jazz in the 1980s, all it was was jazz that looked backwards. That's not true either. And Wayne Shorter's Endangered Species was a great example of that. Before that, we heard the great Sun Ra. And his 1984 classic, Nuclear War. It's actually Nuclear War, but as Sun Ra says, it's Nuclear War. Yeah. (laughs) uh, This was an underground hit, obviously due to the language, but uh, it was Sun Ra's response to the growing concerns of a nuclear holocaust uh, that a lot of people were worried about in the 80s between specifically America and the USSR. We were in the middle, in the thick of a Cold War between, you know, Gorbachev in the USSR and Reagan in America. Reagan, who Gil Scott Heron so affectionately called Hollyweird. But yeah, so everybody was very concerned. uh, And the idea of the nuclear codes were very on the forefront of a lot of people's brain. So there you go. Uh, It even reached its way into the music, like Sun Ra. So uh, regardless, it is a very funny tune now that we look back on it. But at the time, there you go. It, It was... There was a, a degree of seriousness to it. So, And who would you rather be serious with? Of course, the great Sun Ra. So that, and I'd like to dedicate that track to my good buddy, Brad Farberman. He knows what's up. So there you go. Expert on all things Ra. Uh, and then we started off the set with the great group Steps Ahead. That's right, steps ahead from their 1984 album, Modern Times. We heard, oops. (laughs) Uh, And of course, that featured the great Mike Manieri on the vibraphone and mallets. (laughs) Sorry. It's just funny. You mentioned Mike Manieri and vibraphone. And that call comes in with the vibraphone. Anyway. Uh, yeah, steps ahead. Mike Manieri on the vibraphone. <clears throat> Eddie Gomez on the bass. The great Peter Erskine on the drums. Uh, on this album, Warren Bernhardt is on keyboards, uh, replacing Eliani Elias. Uh, and, of course, the great tenor saxophonist Michael Brecker. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, just killing it, man. And, um, yeah, this group was started in the 70s, but, you know, th they would uh, rotate a couple of members, and they came up with a couple of albums, and all interesting, no doubt about it. Uh, all the albums are very interesting. And um, that track uh, that we heard was Oops. <laughs> so, yeah, there's um, uh, an interesting track there. And it, it definitively sounds very, very 80s. So, yeah, quite an interesting uh, little uh, set there with Steps Ahead uh, with Michael Brecker and Mike Minieri and uh, Peter Erskine and company and Eddie Gomez. And then we heard Sun Ra in the middle of that, and then we ended with Wayne Shorter. Not a bad set, and that's all jazz from the 1980s. By the way, that album, Modern Times, came out in 1984 as well, just like the Sun Ra album, Nuclear War. So there you have it. Two completely different sides of jazz from 1984. All right, stick around. Don't go anywhere. We got some great, great music coming at you uh, in this next set featuring some Paul Motion. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast, Jazz from the 1980s.
yeah palm motion oh killing it with the palm motion band from his 1982 album psalm on ecm records we got to hear palm motion with the great bill frazell on guitar ed schuler billy drews paul motion and of course the incomparable joe lovano on tennis saxophone mm, mm, mm. i just love that track it's got so much energy and it's almost like a punk rock track even though it's a jazz tune and for 1982 that's incredible so there you have it um one of my favorite tunes, White Magic from Psalm. Uh, yeah, God, man, just killer stuff. And then before that, we heard Reggae, which is another one of my absolute favorite tunes uh, by the great guitarist John Abercrombie, the late great John Abercrombie, uh, with a killer, killer band on his 1984 album Night. Also, on ECM Records. Um, yeah. It's John Abercrombie on guitar, the great Jan Hammer on the keyboards and organs. And by the way, yeah, the same Jan Hammer that was part of the Mahavishnu Orchestra in the 70s, and the same Jan Hammer that uh, had written at that point in time the theme for the hit TV show Miami Vice. Yep. <laughs> Crockett and Tubbs. Oh, but yeah, that's just uh, Ether Reggae, man. And, and and Jack DeJanette is also on the drums, laying down that, that reggae beat. And then the saxophone, the, the gorgeous saxophone of Michael Brecker. Just killing it, man. And oh my God, just that. That solo is just so melodic. I just I absolutely love it. And it's one of my all-time favorite solos. It's so just, it gets stuck in your head. And there's pure magic going on between Abercrombie, Brecker, Dijonette, and Jan Hammer. And it, I don't know, I just love it, and hopefully you dug it too. So um, just one of those head-bobbing tunes, you know? Yeah. And then before that, we heard, uh, we started off the set, rather, with a tune called Night Glow. And that comes from uh, an album by the exact same name, Night Glow, which features the great Carla Blay and Steve Swallow. Um, interesting to note, that is also on the ECM label. Uh, from 1995 and features a who's who of stars. Um, well, it's, I take that back. Let me correct myself. It's not on the ECM label. It's on the subsidiary of ECM Records, which is Watt Records, W-A-T-T. Just to be on the up and up and be everything fair and, 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 and correct. So there you go. Uh, all the music on this album is... Uh, composed and arranged by Carla Blay. So there you go. Uh, 
But Steve Swallow's on the bass, Carla is on the organ and synthesizers, Larry Willis is on the piano, uh, Hiram Bullock is on the guitar, Victor Lewis on drums, Manolo Badrena is on the percussion. And if you're and if you're like, who? Why does that sound familiar? Well, he's the exact same percussionist that was on Weather Report's Heavy Weather album. There you go. Paul McCandless on oboe, English horn, soprano saxophone, tenor saxophone, baritone saxophone, and bass Clara net yeah the same paul mccandless from the group oregon yeah the same oregon with colin walcott yeah and ralph towner yep yep same one so he's part of this album randy brecker which needs no introduction uh on trumpet and flugelhorn john clark on the french horn tom malone on the trombone and the great david taylor on bass trombone killer group no doubt about that it's a who's who um but night glow and it's just one of those odd off albums by carla blay and the whole album is is just fascinating to listen to it's one of my my go-tos you know just like i don't know what to put on and then i go to this album i'm like well i'm gonna listen to carla so (laughs) um it's just, it's weird. It's like almost outtake music of like Law and Order or something, you know. But uh, I love it. I do. It's very strange. But it's August 1985. So the kind of connecting theme in that last set was ECM or its subsidiaries with Carla Blay on the Night Glow album and, and track Etherege by John Abercrombie on the ECM label from his 1984 album Night. I'm not sure if I got that in there just because I was completely drooling over the lineup. And then you have Psalm from 1982 from the Great Palm Motion on the ECM label. So three great tracks of 1980s jazz from the Great ECM label, and that's Manfred Eicher. So, and he's still kicking. ECM's still releasing great stuff. Um, It doesn't quite sound like that anymore, but it kind of evolves with the times. So there you go. Remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz podcast wherever you find all of your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Don't forget to share with your friends. If you think they dig it, we'd love to have them listen. Uh, feel free to write us a line. Drop us a line. Tell us that you like it, etc. Tell us that you hate it. Give us some ideas for shows. We're always willing to listen. And if you hate something, we're always willing to hear that criticism as well. So there you have it. Um, in order to do that, you'd have to go to SoundCloud or you'd have to go to the website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And there you can find out all information about each track, the album art. That way you are informed, not misinformed when you go to make an order online or go and support your local record shop. Also, if you'd like to subscribe and follow us on Twitter to find out when each new episode of the Dr. Jazz podcast drops, it's easy. All you've got to do is subscribe to our handle at NDHJazz. We'd love to hear from you uh, on Twitter, through an email, on through the website, etc. So, all that said and done, let's get to another great set of music. You're going to dig this. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) 
Gonna have 
That black world rhythm from New Orleans. Yeah, that rhythm. 
The great Don Cherry, man, from 1985. Hell yeah. We heard rapping recipe. And who doesn't need a recipe for a sweet potato salad, right? Or to, you know, or just to hear Don Cherry and that excitement in his voice when he's talking about all those records at the end. Am I right? Talking about, oh, look what he's got there. Oh, he's got a Miles. He's got some on <laughs> A Cecil Taylor? (laughs) I just love it. I love, love, love it. And the whole album is great, by the way. It really, really, really is. Um, This was recorded in Paris in 85. And it's like this, uh, like, funky jazz world music kind of thing all mixed together it's just it's incredible the whole album's great um and how could you not love don cherry i mean that dude's just nothing but a ray of sunshine you know what i mean um yeah i mean yeah i just love it love 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 it and it's been reissued since june 2018 uh the album is called homeboy sister out so um yeah do yourself a favor pick that up you know what i mean if you dug that last track because uh there's like reggae songs and there's jazz songs and all sorts of stuff it's just it's totally worth it you know uh before that we heard i'm going home by none other than steve coleman and the five elements from their 1986 album on the edge of tomorrow this whole album is just killer. This is like Steve Coleman and his M bass thing on fire. It's like right there in its prime. You know what I mean? It's the second recording of him as a leader, but it really gets so much of that kind of funky, funky M bass shit like right there, you know, like perfect striking the metal when it's hot. And of course, you know, the five elements was Steve Coleman on the alto saxophone, vocals, backing vocals. Graham Hayes on the trumpet, Jerry Allen on the synthesizer, Kelvin Bell on the electric guitar and vocals, Kevin Bruce Harris on the electric bass and backup vocals, Mark Johnson on the drums and percussion, Marvin Smitty Smith on drums, percussion, back and vocals, and of course, the incomparable Miss Cassandra Wilson on vocals and on backing vocals. You can't go wrong with a band that's got Cassandra Wilson, Smitty Smith, Jerry Allen, Steve Coleman. Come on, man. Mm, 1986 and killing it. Recorded in Brooklyn, January of 86. 
So it's like at the like the very first taste of 1986. Just killer, killer music. Um, very powerful for 1986. Uh, and then we started off the set with the living legend himself, Sonny Rollins, from uh, 1980, December 81, January 1982, recorded album called No Problem. We heard Sonny Rollins with the company of Bobby Broom on guitar, Bobby Hutcherson on the vibes, Bob Cranshaw the electric, on electric bass, and Tony Williams, that's right, that Tony Williams, the Tony Williams, on drums. So it's Sonny, it's Tony, and it's the Bobs. Right, so there you go. Bobby Broom, Bobby Hutchison, Bobby Cranshaw. And they are playing Dolly Parton's composition, Here You Come Again, which she made popular right about the same time. So that's Sonny going, No, that's a great tune. We should totally do that. Get the Bobs in here. We're gonna do we're gonna celebrate Dolly's catalog. We're gonna play this. We're gonna record this. You know. And um Yes, if podcasts go out of style, then that's my next niche is jazz and, you know, artist impersonations, right? So, there you go. Uh, but, I mean, truly, that Sonny Rollins is having the foresight to go, it's good music, it's got a good catchy, you know, song, it's well written, it's got a nice bridge, let's do it, let's record it. So, that's exactly what he did. And, this, and it, it, it comes out very well. But there's also a, a, um, there's a video of Sonny Rollins live at um, the Montreal Jazz Festival, I believe. And he's like uh, with like white pants and like a white fisherman's hat. And he's playing this there too. And it's it's just killing. It's even more killing when it's live. So not in the studio. So there you go. Anyway, I just thought that that would be interesting because even music that was jazz, well, pop music in the 80s, like Dolly Parton, can become great jazz from the 1980s. That's what we're spotlighting here on the um, this episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, is jazz from the 1980s. So you get to hear Tony Williams, Bobby Hutchison, Bobby Broom, Bob Cranshaw, Sonny Rollins, Steve Coleman, Cassandra Wilson, Jerry Allen, Smitty Smith. <sighs> yeah, and Don Jerry. I mean, you're like, wait a minute. All those are like really legendary names. Yeah, I know. But they still made great music in the 1980s. There you go. <laughs> All right, we got one last set coming for you. I always like to make the last set a killer set and, and go out with a bang. So remember, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, you could check out. Uh, all of our podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, check out the website, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com and follow us on Twitter at NDHJazz. All right, we got one last set. I'll be here to close it out. Enjoy. Don't go anywhere. One last set of jazz from the 1980s here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
So we started off that set with the great Lester Bowie and his brass fantasy from his 1986 album Avant Pop. We heard B-Funk, which is just a killer song, and it's kind of got that Parliament Funkadelic vibe to it. Da, 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 you know. And on top of that, there's like this part that it sounds like they sample Clark Terry. You know, it's like here, 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 what the hell's going on? But I just love the tune. It's super funky. It's Philip Wilson on the drums, Bob Stewart on the t- on the tuba, Stanton Davis on trumpet, flugelhorn, Malachi Thompson on trumpet, Steve Teray on the trombone, Rasul Sadiq on the trumpet, Frank Lacey on the bone, Vincent Cheney Chancy on the French horn, and of course Lester Bowie on the trumpet. ECM label, 1986. Whole album's great. Check it out. After that, we heard Ms. Morrisine from the great Miles Davis, released in 1985 from the album You're Under Arrest. It was the beginning of the end with Miles and Columbia Records. After that, he would move on to Warner Brothers. But it's a very interesting album that mixes pop tunes, political statements uh, about racism, pollution, war, it also has Miles covering Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, uh, which you're hearing behind us right now, as well as Michael Jackson's Human Nature. He even got Sting uh, to scream the Miranda rights in French against a backing track. So just absolutely killer. And the musicians, man. Miles Davis on synthesizer and trumpet and voices, John McLaughlin on guitar, John Schofield on guitar, Bob Berg on saxophone, Al Foster on drums, Vincent Wilburn on drums, Robert Irving III on synthesizers, Daryl Jones, a.k.a. The Munch, on bass, Steve Thornton on percussion, Sting, as I already uh, you know, told you about before, and Kenny Garrett on saxophone on even one of the tracks, Human Nature. So um, just incredible musicianship, and you got to love it. So the great Miles Davis, Miss Morrison, with that kind of just, I don't know, that, that 80s beat and sound. So, And then we ended with the great Herbie Hancock from his 1980 album, Monster. We heard Saturday Night. And this album features so many folks. Bill Champlin that we mentioned with George Benson 
before, right? We also have um, Gavin Christopher Greg Walker, Oren Waters on vocals uh, on the track that we heard Saturday night. It's Greg Walker on lead vocals. Sheila E. on percussion. Come on. Alphonse Muzon. This is just unfair. On drums. Freddie Washington on the bass. Herbie Hancock on the synthesizers and all the keys. And who else on the guitar? Killing it on that little Latin Montuno section at the end. But the great Carlos Santana. So, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. We do love you madly. Uh, thank you for checking out the Dr. Jazz podcast, Jazz from the 1980s. Don't forget to spread it to your friends. We'd love to hear from you. Check out uh, the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. And check us out on Twitter at ndhjazz. Um, much love to all y'all because we do love you all madly take care of each other be good and until next time ashes to ashes dust to dust y'all be good now because in jazz we trust